Bibles this morning, turn with me again to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Gospel of Luke chapter 15. We continue the prayer series this morning that we've been in for a few weeks. Now we've been reminded over the last few weeks that prayer is the key to living a victorious Christian life. That if we want to live in victory, we have to continue to pray and seek and call out to God on a regular basis. The last few weeks we've talked about the fact that we need to pray when we don't know what to do. That we need to pray when everyone stands against us, that we need to pray when we want to give up, and today I want you to see that we also need to pray when we've wandered away, which leads us to the question, have you ever wandered away? Do you know what that feels like? Have you had a time in your life where you found yourself a long way from where you wanted to be, where you knew you need to be. And then think, how in the world did I get here, right? How in the world did I get here? Well, it, it happened recently to a coonhound named Jake. Meet Jake this morning. This is Jake the Coonhound. Maybe you heard about his story. Uh, it, it, the story kind of ended this past April, but it started last year. Jake, the seven-year-old Coonhound, went missing from his home in Phoenix, Arizona. And last April, Jake was found wandering the streets of Roaring Springs, Pennsylvania. Think about this. I've got a map here to show you. Old Jake had quite a trip, it looks like. Um, Adam Herbal was out walking his dog, uh, walking his own two dogs in Pennsylvania when um, he uh, uh, ran across Jake and he took Jake to an animal hospital there in town where they scanned for a microchip and called the registered owners, think about it, more than 2,000 miles away. Imagine getting that call, hey we found your dog, we're in Pennsylvania, when do you want to pick him up, right? I mean, it would have been crazy call to get. Um, Jake uh, wandered a, a long way from home and he was really, really really lost, but he appeared to be in good health, and as the vet examined him, um, it was just unclear how he got from Arizona to Pennsylvania, but he was reunited with his owner a few days later. Just a reminder for us that we can wander away and be lost far, far, far from home, a long way from where we want to be. But I also want you to see that you can wander close by and still be really, really, really lost. I've mentioned a few times in the last few weeks, but um, the very first church that Michelle and I pastored closed recently, and uh, Michelle and I had a chance to drive over there to that church a couple of weekends, couple of weekends ago. They're, they're basically selling everything in the church, and we decided that we kind of wanted a, a little pew that set up on the platform, and so um, we made contact there, drove over and picked it up, and so we had the chance to go inside the church to get the pew, and as I was standing there in that little church, I began to reminisce. Does that mean I'm getting older? Probably, right? Began to reminisce a little bit just about some things. And I was standing up, uh, just two steps up on the platform there. I was standing up there, kind of there by the, by the pulpit and, and the communion table, and, and a memory began to replay in my mind. It was a Sunday afternoon, and our boys were small. In fact, I got a picture here. This is Trent and Jaron. Over here, a little girl on the end, then Jaron, then Trent. This was a picture that was taken there at that church uh, about this time. So this is how big they would have been then. Standing there and thinking about this, this, this Sunday evening, the this, this service was about ready to start, and the two boys had been, the person who's right next door to the church, they'd been out playing uh, outside hide-and-seek, and, and uh, the service was beginning to start. It was time to go, and Michelle slipped in the back door, and Jaron was with her, but she was wording something to me from the back, and I made it out for her to say, I can't find Trent and so I did what every good father pastor would do and I started the service and so 
you know, it was, it was 6 o'clock, it was time to start, and there were seven people there, and we needed to get rolling, right? No time to look for my son, and so we started the service. I thought Michelle can handle tracking him down, and so we sang a song, and, and I'm watching the back, and I'm seeing Michelle coming and go, and we sang another song, and I'm watching the back, and, and she's going back and forth and coming back, and I can see the panic building on her face, and so we just kind of, I did what I do. I continued to just let the service roll on, and it was prayer time, and I was standing about right here and it was prayer time and I was taking prayer requests and Michelle is just panicking back there scrambling trying to find him and and as I said okay well let's bow our head for prayer I I bowed my head and just out of the corner of my eye I saw movement the back of these communion tables even though to you it's not open it's open back here my son I looked down and my son was seated neatly inside the communion table unbeknownst to the congregation, his dad, or anyone else. Um, and, and I was reminded about that story and how then I began to pray, and at the same time I was shooing my son out from under the communion table and back to the loving arms of his mother. I won't tell you what happened when we got home that night, but Trent could probably, <laughs> Trent could probably finish this story. But just a reminder for us today that we can also be close to home and still be really, really, really lost. Luke 15, Jesus shares with us a story to help us see that we need to pray when we have wandered away. And this story is a familiar one probably to most today. It's a story about a man who had, who had two sons. And the younger son decided that he wanted his inheritance. He wanted what would rightfully belong to him upon his father's death, but he wanted it before his father died. And so his father agrees to that and makes a division of all that he owns between the two, bro- the two sons that he had. And so I want you to see a couple examples from Scripture today um, that we truly can wander away. And, and, and it's a and it really is examples based on these two sons. Let's look at the first, the youngest son. We can wander far away, beginning with verse 13, Luke chapter 15. Not long after that, not long after he received his inheritance, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who set him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Just like Jake the dog, right? This younger son had wandered a long way from home. He ended up a long way from where I believe even he himself intended to ever be when he started to wander. Probably came to that point, in fact, we could, we could paraphrase uh, his response this morning and, and say that this younger son got to the point where he said, how did I ever get here? You see, this younger son, he was looking for happiness, He was looking for fulfillment, and he thought he could find it by trying to get away from all that he knew and all those who loved him. But the farther that he wandered, the very opposite thing that he was seeking in his life began to happen. You see, he soon found himself poor and hungry and empty and a long way from home. Can I just remind you this morning that spiritually we can wander a long way from where we ever thought that we would be and find ourselves poor and hungry and empty. 
Our free will. God has given every single one of us today here a free will. And, that, and with that free will, we can choose to live in a close relationship with our God, live, choose to live hand in hand with Jesus Christ, or we can make the choice to wander and go our own way and do our own thing. Our free will gives us that option. We can pursue the things of this world that we think maybe will bring happiness and joy only to find them leaving us very empty. I remember when I graduated from high school, I didn't really want to go to college, but I really wanted to get away from home. Anyone else like that? A few of us, maybe? I really wanted to get away from home, and I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to, to do it. And I decided that Evansville was a good distance away from home. We looked at some different places to go. To go, and I felt like that was a good distance from home, and so I enrolled at the University of Southern Indiana, and glad to get away from home and get away from mom and dad. I remember mom taking me down there, dropping me off, and I was so glad. I love them, but I was so glad when they were gone. Freedom finally, right? Freedom finally. The problem was, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I wasn't just looking for freedom from mom and dad. The bottom line is, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I was running from a whole lot more than just mom and dad. And two weeks after arriving there, like two weeks after getting there, I came face to face with the reality that I was lost and I was far from the will of God for my life. And I remember it took me two weeks to, feel, to, to know this feeling of emptiness and loneliness and brokenness. And I wasn't just homesick to see mom and dad. That may have been a little part of it. But deep down I knew this. I was outside of the will of God for my life. I may have been two, two hours away from home, but I was 2,000 miles from where God wanted me to be. And I wondered how in the world did I ever get here? just like the lost son in our text, and maybe you can relate today. Or maybe you can think back to a time in your life where you can relate. I was a long way from where God would have me to be. We can wander a long way from God's will for our life. But I also want you to see this morning that just as Trent discovered hiding in that communion table, we don't have to be a long way from home to be really, really lost. I want you to look with me at verse 28. Jesus gives us a picture of the older son. And so I'm going to fast forward. We're going to come back and look at the, the, the younger son coming home. We're going to look at that in a moment. But I want us to jump ahead, and I want us to see this picture of the older son first. I want us to see the younger son has come home. There's been a great celebration because the younger son has come home from his wanderings. And then we get this picture of the older son. Listen to what we learn here. We can wander at home, verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in where this younger brother was. He refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. This older brother, he was still living at home, still physically close to the father, had never really walked away. And at first glance, you could say, and I think it's true physically, he never, he never left. And yet I want you to see that the older brother, the older son, too, had wandered away 
spiritually. By his response, we see that he's full of anger and bitterness and jealousy and resentment. You could probably classify some other things that you see there in his response. But think about this. Think about this with me. He lived, with, he lived within his father's house. He lived with his father. He was in his father's house every single day. But he sure didn't have his father's heart. We can be in our father's house and not have our father's heart. And everyone said, think about the reality of this truth. A reminder for us this morning that we can come to church and we can be in our Father's house for years and years and years. We can listen to messages. We can serve. We can do Christian things. And our heart can still be a long way from being like the heart of our Father. Just like Trent, we can be right in the middle of the church, close to our Father in the physical sense, and still be really, really, really lost. We can let our heart wander. We can allow things to take up residence within us that are nothing like the God that we serve. We can have attitudes and, and, and reactions in our life that are nothing like the Savior who died on the cross for us. We can do all of the right things outwardly and yet inwardly not have the relationship that we know we need to have. And the reality for us is this this morning. We can put on the mask we can, we can look the part on the outside, but can I remind you today that God, through His Holy Spirit, He helps us to know what's really happening. In fact, even this morning, I believe that the Holy Spirit, this is what I've prayed in my life too this week, Holy Spirit, shine your light on anything in my life that's not a reflection of you and your love. When we begin to pray like that and ask God to work in that way, can I just tell you He's faithful to show us what we need to do, the changes that we need to make, to be like him. So what's the remedy for our wandering? Whether you can relate to being close to home and still very lost or having things in your life that you know shouldn't be there or whether you've wandered a long way from the relationship that you once have had or you've never had a relationship and you know you're a long way. What's the remedy? Well, I believe it looks the same in either case. And so we're going to look for the older son. If you go on to read, you'll find that we really don't know how the older son responds. Uh, Jesus did this a lot in his teachings where he says, this is, kind of the, this is kind of the offer that was made, and yet it's kind of left open-ended. We don't know, did the older brother come and make restitution with the younger brother? We don't know the answer to that. And I always say, so we, it's up to us to live out the answer to the story, right? But we know how the younger brother responded. My prayer is the older responded the same way. So let's look at the response of the younger and apply it to both, if we can do that this morning. The first thing we see is in verse 17, that when the younger brother realizes how far he wandered, there's this moment where he comes to his senses. Look at verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Can I just tell you that the Holy Spirit that we've sung about this morning, that we've sensed his presence this morning. The Holy Spirit is faithful to bring us to our senses. Aren't you glad? When we wander, when we get far from where we know God wants us to be, the Holy Spirit is faithful to draw us to himself. He never lets go of us. No matter how far we wander, no matter how long we're gone, the Holy Spirit of God is faithful. Aren't you glad? 
He speaks as we begin to wander. We have this free will. We can make the choice to allow things that shouldn't be in our life to take residence there. We can make the choice to, to physically wander from where we know we need to be and get outside the will of God, but the Holy Spirit will always come after us and draw us back to himself. If you've traveled west recently on 46 toward Nashville, you know that they are resurfacing State Road 46. And by the way, if you're, doing, if you're headed that direction, just allow plenty of extra time. I thought I might get a couple amens from people who live on the west side, but that's okay. Now, we live just a couple of houses. We live out State Road 46, and then you turn off on a side road. We're just a couple of houses off the side road. And um, one of the things about living so close to the highway is that occasionally um, you hear the traffic that's out there when you're outside or even inside. In fact, a couple of years ago, the state did us a huge favor by putting rumble strips on the road. And we live, um, you can't really see it, you can kind of see it, go back if you would, Daryl. You can kind of see it on this other picture, if you can go back to the other picture. But we kind of live on a big sweeping curve. And so um, what happens is with these rumble strips is that when people kind of get off the road, obviously it's meant to wake you up or get you back on the road. The problem with these strips, if you can notice with me, is that the rumble strips aren't on the outside of the white line. Can you see it? They actually put them in on the inside as well as the outside. So you can technically still be in the lane and making the noise. Which is great about 3 a.m. when the semis come through. Okay, I'm done. I, can you, I'm not bitter. Can you tell? I'm not bitter. I was thinking about this this week. While they're frustrating, and I hope when they resurface they move those out just a little farther. While frustrating in this application... I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit of God puts a rumble strip in our life and that he doesn't just put it way outside the line but that he puts it just inside. In fact, normally a ways inside that long before we ever, ever cross that line of sin that through his Holy Spirit he's giving us that warning. He's letting us know, hey, you know what? This is an attitude that you need to check. You know, you're starting to wander. You're starting to drift spiritually. You're making some decisions that if left uncorrected, you know, it's going to get you outside of my will for your life. The Holy Spirit is so faithful. Not just to warn us before, but aren't you glad that if we do get outside of that, that he reaches out to us and draws us back to himself. I'm so glad that when I got far away from God that, and, and, I, and, I, and I left and I wanted to be out on my own, that after two weeks of being there and becoming very, uh, realizing very much my need for God's will in my life and not my will, that the Lord led me on a Sunday to a church service very similar to the one we're having this morning, a place that I had never been before, and God led me there that day. I can't tell you what the pastor preached, can't tell you a song that was sung, but I can tell you that day that I had a meeting with God in that service. And I didn't know what his will was for my life, and it would be a few years before that would begin to unfold to where uh, the calling that I have today. But I remember that moment when I said, God, I don't want to live for me. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you would have me to do. You see, God was faithful to bring me to my senses and to speak to me through his Holy Spirit, and changes began to be made in my life so that I could experience the Lord. 
I'm thankful that he follows us and reaches out to us when we're a long way, but can I just tell you that right now, even this morning, those of us here opening our heart to God, desiring for his Holy Spirit to speak to us, right here at home, the Holy Spirit is speaking even now. And there could be something in your life that the Holy Spirit is bringing to light, helping you to see, you know what, this is something that I've allowed in my life too long. This is an area that maybe no one else even knows that I'm struggling with, and yet today, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, you're calling it to light. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit to bring us to our senses and help put us back on the right path. The remedy begins with coming to our senses, but then it goes on, we see in verse 18, in that that we have to confess our sin. Look at verse 18. Here's what he says. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, here's what he's gonna say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. He openly admits his wandering and his sin. He openly admits it. He doesn't try to blame somebody else. He doesn't try to ignore it or justify his wandering in some way. He f- comes face to face with the fact that he is a long way from where God, would, from his, where his father wanted him to be, and in our case, where God would have us to be. We have to simply confess our sin before God and ask for his help. First John 1 John 1.9, you're familiar with this verse. It says, but if we confess our sins to God, if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take away our sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, you know, he says. Aren't you glad today that that's God's promise to all of us? That's universal. What do we have to do? We just confess it. We just say, God, I've sinned. I know that I'm a long way from where you want me to be. And this promises us that God will be faithful to forgive us. It's true whether we're a long way from where God wants us to be or, or, yet we're, or, or we have something that's in our heart and we know that we need our heart to be made like our Father's heart. We come to our senses, we confess our sin, and then we come back home. Look at verse 20. It simply says this. After he comes to his senses, after he begins to think, this is what I'm going to say to the Father, confess my sin, simply says this. He got up and went to his Father. He got up and went to his Father. The Holy Spirit reaches out to us and begins to draw us home. He calls us from our wanderings. And we can confess that we've wandered away, but there comes a point, think about this, there comes a point where we have to get up from where we are and make our way back home. In other words, we can't keep living, in in the younger son's case, we can't keep living in the pig pen. You know, he could come to his senses He'd confess, you know, I'm, oh, I'm a long way from home, and he could have just kept living, and, and, I, and I'm doing the wrong thing, and he could have just kept living right there. There was a point where he had to say, I'm done with living this way. I'm going home. And we need to come back to the Father with a desire for the old things to pass away and all things to become new. Sometimes we struggle with letting go of the old things. And everybody said, sometimes we struggle with letting go of the old things. We come to our senses. We even recognize the fact that it's wrong. And yet, for whatever reason, we hold on to the old instead of coming home and embracing the new. I I thought about how to illustrate that. And so, um, I won't even tell you that I got it figured out, but I'm going to let this fly anyway, okay? Um, I'm kind of a tool junkie. 
I like uh, hand tools. As you know, I worked in the body shop and, and mechanics tools and that kind of thing. I just kind of have, have some and have hung on to them for a lot of years. And uh, I know it's not so true today, so don't give me too much of a hard time about this afterwards, guys especially. But um, back in the day, craftsman tools were the tools to buy um, for, the, for the guy who, could, who, who was on a budget. How about that? And the reason for that was is because if you broke a craftsman tool, what could you do? You could take it back and you could exchange it for a new one. All you had to do was take the old tool in, give it back to them, and they would give you a new one. I've got this ratchet. I don't know if you can see that. It's a half-inch drive ratchet, and this thing is ancient, okay? I mean, it's old. Can you tell because it's all rusted that it's old, right? But I've had this ratchet. It was my grandpa's ratchet. I've had this ratchet a long time, right? It's old. It doesn't work right. All I would have to do is take this ratchet back to Sears, theoretically, right? And trade it in, and what would happen? Right? I would walk home with this, wouldn't I? Walk home with this. Why? Because they said, all you have to do is bring the old, and we'll exchange it for the new. Can I just remind you today that there are people who completely understand their need to become saved, The Holy Spirit has helped them to see it. They've even confessed and said, God, I need you to forgive me, and I really want your forgiveness. And yet we still hold on to the old. We don't get to a place where we're really willing to let go of the things that we know have to be let go of so that we can embrace the new life that Jesus Christ has for us. We'll hold on to these old things instead of receiving the new that he's promised. Think about it this morning. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross so that you could be made new, so that you could let go of the old and be made new. You're a new creation, the Bible tells us, made completely new all over again. And all we have to do is let go of the old way. Repenting is letting go of the old, turning our back on it, and embracing the new life that Jesus Christ has for us. Today we have to come to our senses and we have to confess our sin, but we also have to begin to turn our back and make our way back to the Father who loves us and cares for us and desires to make all things new in our life. If you're glad today that you serve a God who makes all things new, say amen. Like that's what he wants to do. But we have to let go of these old things that we keep picking up again and again And again, this morning, I don't really have to try to identify to you what some of those old things may be in your life because the Holy Spirit even now is doing that work. Identifying things to you that trip you up and that you've struggled to let go of. It may be a secret sin that nobody else knows about. It may be an attitude or action that's harbored deep within our heart. You know and God knows What do you need to let go of? What do you need to release today and come home to the Father? Because the great part is, when we come home, here's what happens. Are you ready? Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Verse 20, the last part of it, he got up, went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This whole thing that he'd rehearsed, what he really wanted to say, but watch what the father does. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe 
You know what the robe was a sign of? It was a sign of, hey, I'm welcoming my son back in, part of the family, restored just as before. Aren't you thankful for the restoration of our God? It's what the robe signifies. The ring goes on his finger, signifying he's my son, right? He's my son. Put the best robe on him. Put the ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. In other words, I want everybody to celebrate the fact that the lost has come home. He wants to involve us all. Aren't you thankful to be a part of a church community, a part of the family of God, where you can rejoice with those who rejoice? And you can celebrate. We all have a part in this celebration, right? For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Something you may not think about here. Because we get so familiar with this story. But according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, justice in this case. We see this beautiful picture of mercy and grace. Do you know what justice was in the case of this young son? Justice in this case would have meant that this rebellious son, had he returned home, would have been stoned to death. He caused caused disgrace upon his family. Justice would have been, he would have been stoned to death. This should have been a funeral, not a feast. That would have been justice. But aren't you glad we have a heavenly father who's full of mercy and grace? And take what should be a funeral and turn it into a feast and a celebration? You realize that that he did that when Jesus Christ, on, on Friday, Jesus Christ hung on the cross for your sin. Aren't you thankful that Jesus was, was buried in that, in that tomb, but three days later he overcame death, hell, and the grave, and instead of a funeral, we had a celebration? Jesus came out alive, right? He overcame so that you can overcome today, right? Remember what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Here's what it says. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, in other words, God who doesn't give us what we deserve, Right? made us alive with Christ even when we were what? Dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. That's the work that Jesus Christ does in us. When we deserve death, he gives us life, and not just life, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Have it to the full. He wants to lead a celebration for us today. He wants to lead a celebration for us today. If you've wandered in your relationship from where you know you need to be this morning, Jesus is calling. His spirit is faithful. He's already reached out, I believe, to you this morning. Desires to draw you back into a relationship with him. Make it a day of celebration today. Make it a day where you finally let go, where you finally break free, and you begin to embrace what Jesus Christ has for you. If you've wandered away from him this morning, come home. He's waiting mercy and grace and a plan for your life, replacing the emptiness and brokenness with his spirit and guiding you and leading you and giving you wisdom. He wants to live in relationship with you. In fact, if you can picture it this morning, just like the father in our story, I believe that Jesus is running to you. He's drawn you here this morning, but right now he's running to you, longing for this relationship to be Restored. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would this morning and bow your heads with me.
Heavenly Father, we're so thankful this morning for your presence that is with us. We're thankful today for your love and your grace and your mercy that doesn't give us what we deserve, but you give us what we don't deserve. Forgiveness, a fresh start, fulfillment, peace in our heart, our life, peace in our mind. Lord, today I pray that regardless if we're a long way away or if we've been in your house a long time and yet we've wandered away, that you draw us back today. My prayer is this morning that you would humble us. Help us to take that step towards you this morning. We love you, Jesus, and we're so thankful for your presence that is here with us in your name. As your heads are bowed this morning, Pastor Travis.